y'all, it's your favorite middle-aged Sasquatch. You know that small giant with the epic beard game and your host of the Owning Loan Podcast. You're listening to another episode where I'm recording live from my home, my Sasquatch cave, located here in beautiful, sunny Denver, Colorado. No guests to introduce today except for myself. Yep, this is a solo recording. I wanted to try it out, and I'm going to take the opportunity to try to explain to you kind of why I started this podcast. A couple little housekeeping issues. I'm super excited to share with you that I got an unsolicited email the other day, the first since I started this recording, from somebody who found the Only Alone podcast on the internets and really enjoyed all the episodes, but particularly the episode with Lauren and I, the Love Laugh Lounge, pretty similar age, male, um, divorced, used to live in Colorado and is engaged. So that's exciting. Hopefully that's one of many. Really warms my heart and I've been getting nothing but good feedback. So I appreciate the good feedback, the bad feedback. I'm trying to get better and I appreciate y'all. So I encourage you all to share your stories to engage with me, I'm on Instagram at Owning Alone. My email is joel at owningalonepodcast.com. And I just joined TikTok. And by the way, it only took about 10 minutes to realize what is going on in the world and why things are changing. I had never been on TikTok before, never even downloaded the app. And now I'm on it and I'm sharing videos. And wow, that's all I got to say. I mean... It's kind of fun, but it's kind of stupid too. I'm sure you guys understand what I'm saying. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to keep moving along here. I, uh, I think this sort of has like three phases here. I'm going to sort of tell you, you know, where my thesis is with owning a loan right now, why I started it, um, give you a little background on sort of, you know, what happened to me a couple of years ago and, And how I found myself in this situation where I have this podcast about for people rolling solo. So with that, let's let's dive in. My vision for this show, people have been asking me why I'm doing this, what's my reason. And I'll get more into the detail of sort of what's, you know, sort of the statistics and what's going on in America right now and and sort of across the world in terms of people, more people are finding themselves alone and are in solitude and behind their screens and all of this stuff. But in general, more and more people across the world, and particularly in America, are finding themselves rolling alone. We're intentionally, whether intentionally or not, it's becoming more and more common of a human experience. And there's a million reasons why people find themselves alone. Sometimes it's voluntary for mental health purposes. Sometimes it's because of a divorce. Um, It broke up out of a relationship. Maybe they're traveling the world or they're really leaning in uh, to their professional aspirations or starting a company or fuck it. They just like being alone. I like being alone. So, you know, I think people are just finding that you know, particularly people like me that I'd rather be alone than in a situation that's not working for me. And and I think other people are empowering themselves too to prioritize a relationship with themselves and then go out there and intentionally bring people into their into their world. And then, you know, once you have a healthy relationship with yourself, you know, you you're very cautious about 
relationships with other people, particularly a significant other. I am trying to build a community. You know, I am trying to a community where people share their stories of why they're alone, what they're doing alone, how they're empowering themselves, their, you know, the journey to their relationship with themselves. Sometimes it's going to be mental health related. And we're going to talk about, you know, where somebody started and where they are now, or maybe we're going to meet people at the beginning of their journey. And sometimes we're just going to interview cute cool people. Um, like everybody I interview is pretty cool, but like people that have really extraordinary stories, like people like Mike Bowman, which is episode three, I believe is an, an incredible story of a man who has done all these things from being a father to a farmer to an executive producer of movies. And, you know, those and just sharing those stories, you know, I think there's all kinds of reasons of why I'm doing this. And I could list them out. But when I when I think of my situation, I'm a 43-year-old male who doesn't have children, who's divorced, not married. I'm pretty single as fuck right now. So I got like, I'm really, really unencumbered. And what I've realized at this point in my life and where I'm at is there's a lot of people like me. And there's like a whole nother population of this country that's, you know, middle age and, and living this life like I am. And we're doing different things than our counterparts that are married and, and raising children and they're and they're living they're living very different lives and there's no there's, our life there's no better or worse it's not like a tit for tat or comparisons we're just living different lives um, and that's the truth of it so this podcast is for everybody but it's particularly for the people rolling solo. It's and and, and and if I had to narrow down the sort of John, like the sort of age group it's probably 30 to 50 year olds but I'm like you've if you've heard any of my episodes I've interviewed people that are as young as 28 and as old as into their mid 60s so you know it's it's for everybody if you find it entertaining and valuable and it's helping you then pfft, no reason not to participate and become part of this community because I it really, the more that we normalize our experiences, the more we challenge ourselves to build community within our communities, to socialize, to get off our phones, to go ask the girl out at the, I don't know, the library, you know, that anybody goes to a library anymore, but we're here for each other. We're here to share our stories and we're for, here to recognize that we're all fucking different too. So, yeah, in summary, the community is whoever enjoys this podcast. It's for single people, world travelers, widow, widowers. We're going to, and these are some of our guests. We're going to bring these people on loners, divorcees, people who choose a life without children, and really anyone who has an interest in building a better relationship with themselves because that's the core theme of what I'm trying to do here and what I'm trying to do in my life. That you can all go out into the world confident and aware. So some examples of my vision and maybe some topics that we'll talk about, and this is the, you know, the topics are unlimited. You know, I think that I'll probably bring Lauren on again to talk about what does an amicable divorce look like? And maybe we'll bring on another couple that went through an amicable divorce and talk about like what was going on in her head and what did we let go of and how did we get there and how do we become friends with our significant others and what... What are the pros and cons and, you know, and, and why? Why did we do that? And try to set an example there. Again, it, you know, it's, it's easier without kids, but I know plenty of people that have done it with children and it's, 
equally as more important to have an amicable divorce when there are children involved. We're going to talk to people, hopefully, that are solo traveling, those, um, those ambitious people, you know, that are out there doing it. And, you know, I think we all have a little bit of jealousy of these people that are traveling around the world and just like, they're just doing it. And there's, there's massive trade-offs to do something like that and how long you can sustain that. But there's obviously very significant pros and cons to saturating ourselves in other cultures and learning things and, and just uh, sharing our stories with the rest of the world. And somebody has got to go out there, you know, and let the rest of the world know that America is a great place and there's lots of great Americans and we're very cultured because I think the media makes us kind of look like clowns internationally, which is unfortunate. And there's 300 million people here and we shouldn't be stereotyped because of a few. So, and then there's the Love Laugh Lounge. And I, you know, I purposely separated sort of the dating side of all of us, you know, for everybody that's rolling, for the most part, everybody that's sort of rolling solo to some extent is dating, right? They could be on pause, but it's it's something that most of us that are rolling solo are doing is looking for our partners or looking for situationships, looking for intimacy, whatever it is, we, we're, we're wired to sort of go out and try to find that. So I, I decided to do the comedic sub-series because I find I've spent a lot of my life dating. I find dating to be fascinating. I find it to be funny. I find it to be serious. And it's a place where people need advice. It's a place where people need to come and vent and and just sort of call people out and and find and I just find that that sub series really fun. So I, I separated from the Own Alone podcast so that we didn't we didn't mix the sort of serious with the with the comedy, even though I, I hope to find I hope you guys find the sort of comedic underbelly of, of my personality within the within the Owning Alone podcast too. But at times I think we're gonna get very serious. And, and like I said, episodes some Owning Alone episodes just aren't gonna be funny. They'll be educational, they'll be empowering, they'll be whatever, but we're probably not gonna share a lot of it's not a place to share a ton of like you know, war stories about these bad dates and stuff. That's, that's the love laugh lounge. And is, you know, we'll have as many of those as, as we find good people to come on and talk about it. And I'm still out there dating. So I got plenty of stories to share myself. So yeah. So the owning alone podcast is for those rolling solo out there. And I'm loving it. This is this is my fifth episode. There's been a couple that I haven't published, and I've got a few more coming up, and I'm going to try to keep publishing weekly here. But I, I thought I sort of thought I would take this this short opportunity here. I got a little gap with guests to sort of just give you a little background about myself, give you the sort of trigger story of why I did this, and and then we'll go from there. So I'll try to keep this short. So a little bit about me. I'm a small giant. Um, six foot five on a good day, 250 pounds, 10 of that, which is beard, pretty laid back, but also sometimes not. I grew up in Wisconsin, raised by, uh, some wonderful, wonderful parents, blue collar parents. Uh, my mom was a nurse and my dad worked in, um, a malting factory for 42 years, you know, kind of the classic, never missed a day of work. 
you know, he had a smile that went, you know, from forehead to forehead. Uh, he was just a funny guy. I am my father. People that knew my father, I mean, I look like him. I, I act like him. I'm certainly my mother too. Um, but he was a good man. Grew up in a farm town, situation situated between Mass and Milwaukee. So I wasn't like terribly rural, but it, the town was rural. But I we got into the city every once in a while. My mom was good about taking us to Chicago and, you know, a little cultured. But yeah, there's a redneck in my blood for sure. And I, I don't shy away from that. I'm a good old boy. I was a Boy Scout. I was pretty smart always. Um, not to say that in sort of a conceited, arrogant way, but I... It was always kind of challenging the system. It was a small town. It was boring. So I was getting in trouble a lot. I was athletic. I played soccer my whole life. I played hockey on the ponds. Big swimmer. Grew up in a lake. Uh, fishing, hunting. Yeah, you name it, man. I was, you know, I was a pretty classic Midwest kid. Uh, <clears throat> had close friends. I was, I don't know, I was kind of popular in high school. I was kind of a stoner. I was popular, but popular in a small school with 400 people you know, it, it's different than in a, than a big city, I guess, uh, you know, you to, to throw parties, you kind of have to invite everybody. So that was kind of fun. So like, we'd have these big parties out in the sand pits or in the trailer parks or whatever the hell it was. And kind of everybody would come. Um, there'd always be like a truck bowl and a fucking fight. Somebody would always get in a fight and the stoners, the drinkers, you know, people doing acid, people like, I don't know. This is like crazy. It was fun. Um, and I enjoyed my childhood. But it, when I graduated, it was time to get away. I, I went to school. I only applied to one school, which was Minneapolis. I could have gone to Madison, probably. I wanted to stay in sort of the reciprocity and state. It was because of money. Um, so I went to Minneapolis. I didn't know anybody. One of the best moves I ever made. Uh, made lifelong friends. Had a great time. Finally got to live in a city and get out of rural America, and I ate it all up. I loved it. I was in my element. I was, I was, I was learning so fast. I'd never sort of seen these things or heard these stories or realized, like, just started to put the pieces together of all the things you sort of read in books and, and stuff and growing up in a small town. And to this day, I still live in the city. So... I ended up graduating from the University of Minnesota after five years with a with a physics degree and a geology degree, and I packed up my car after I graduated and drove it out to Denver, Colorado in 2004. Uh, in terms of my personality, and again, I didn't know anybody in Denver, Colorado either, one friend here, and I liked it that way. I, I do like that. I love, you know, I've said this before, I like meeting new people. I'm not afraid to go to new places. Obviously, when you're in your early 20s, it's it's easier to sort of... You know, I, I think it was, I had a whole group of friends within like weeks. So it's it's different than in your 40s, which again, is another part of this podcast is to sort of help us sort of navigate middle age and creating new communities and making new friends. On the personality side, I've always been, you know, I think when I was like in high school and stuff, I kind of wanted to be popular and I, I did stuff that like, you know, and when you look back on it, I was doing it to try to be cool or to fit in. Kind of got over that sort of like once I started leaning into my skin a little bit. But I was an emotional kid. I felt things pretty deeply. Um, I was highly externally aware. So I think that sort of complicated things too, where I knew, 
you know, I could pretty intuition wise, I knew what people were thinking or at least like thought I did and it created anxiety. And I still to this day, I have this narrator in my head and where I'm always analyzing things. I'm always in my head and it's, it's just a part of my personality. It's something that I've come to and have a love hate relationship with and embrace. It makes me who I am. It makes me very thoughtful. It also makes me anxious. It, it makes me ask questions. And for a long time, I didn't have a lot of control over that or awareness or how to, how to sort of manage this sort of other little poppy sitting up here, um, talking to me all the time and asking me questions or analyzing things or speculating or what have you. And there's been, it's, it's been sort of a roller coaster in my life up until, you know, I started, started really leaning into my mental health and getting some awareness around it and just getting older um, and giving less fucks, I guess, you know, and, and uh, so yeah, good external self-aware awareness and pretty poor self-awareness, internal awareness. And in terms of relationships, not a lot of like serious relationships when I was younger, which makes sense in the small town I grew up in. I didn't really, you know, I kind of grew up with all the girls that I knew in town. So I didn't really have a lot of girlfriends in high school. I mean, things here and there, but, um, or really in college, because in college, I was just, I was poppy, man. I partied. Um, no time for girls, or at least relationships. There's definitely time for girls. Um, and in my adult life, I've been I've been in a handful, really just two serious relationships and a couple like one-year type things here and there. But one in my late 20s where I moved in with a girl, which I was very much in love with her. And then, you know, my ex-wife, who I was with all together for about eight years, married for four so I'm not one of those people that bounce from relationship to relationship and more power to the people that do. I tend to find a lot of comfort and control in my solitude, hence the podcast. And I will continue to stay single until I find, particularly now, until I find that person that makes me better and I make them better and we get each other and love each other. And not in a fairy tale kind of way, but more in like the, the you know, how it works for us. Because it's my new, my next relationship will start with pretty open communication and humility and empathy and, but also embrace the, you know, the honeymoon period and all the things that, that come along with it. So what, you know, and that brings me up to, I don't want to give that, I don't want to get too far into you know, my, my background that we'll share stories here and there, but there's a reason why I have this podcast now. And it's sort of, it started two years ago, almost exactly two years ago to the day, February 13th of 2022, which is the date that my father passed away. I was in the middle of my midlife crisis and I had a pretty, I carried and felt a pretty serious midlife crisis everything around my age to my career to my habits to and my marriage which wasn't working um my ex-wife and i you know just years and years of sort of 
not being able to resolve our the conflict around our non-negotiables and the fighting and stuff just finally sort of came to a head. We tripled down on a relationship and bought an investment property in Costa Rica, and we were like going to do that, and um, and we did. We bought a place in Costa Rica and remodeled it and lived down there and was learning Spanish and you know having a pretty good time, but also like tons of friction, as you can imagine. It's a very imagine if you've ever built a house with somebody with a partner or done anything very significant times that by like three, you're in an inner, you're in another country, the transaction, the money. I mean, it was a lot of cash making decisions. You know, it's 98 fucking degrees every day. You know, I drank a lot of down there. Admittedly, there's not a lot else to do. And we got in a big fight, decided to separate for like the umpteenth time. And, and this one felt like it stuck. And fast forward a few weeks, and uh, I get a call that my dad had a brain aneurysm, which is what my my grandfather passed away of. So I had a lot of familiarity and understanding of what that meant. Um, my mom's dad, ironically. And so I flew up to Wisconsin, and to be with my family, they, they kept my father alive uh, for a short period of time. And I was there to be with my family for about 24 hours. And we, and then we decided to pull the plug. He was, he wasn't going to come back from that. He was, he, he was, once he had the aneurysm, I think there was about 20 minutes where he was still sort of coherent and then was essentially brain dead, which is tragic. And I don't like thinking about that 20 minutes. Um, and, and he pulled the plug and he, and he passed away. And that was, the trigger. It was just like everything stopped. Everything stopped and became maybe clear is not the right word, but it's just like slow motion. I was numb. You know, the fear of like giving up on my marriage and, you know, all of the, I should have sort of talked about this too. I was, I was angry and anxious and frustrated. And I was the guy that was like, if you didn't take the vaccine, you're an idiot. And, you know, Trump people should go be sent to an island and blown up and, and fucking, and just so like enraged about everything. And like, you know, the kind of person that would like get upset and take my anger out on the fucking customer service person. I hate that person. And I hated that I was that person, but I just had very little control. I just like, this sort of like all this stuff at this sort of period of my life before this and in my mental health and like my emotions and it just like boiling over all the time so easily. And, and then he hit this point where dad dies and it's just like, holy shit. It's the first person in my life that I was very close to. My dad was my hero I could always have been closer to my father, but we loved each other and he's a survivor. He's, you know, he had a hard childhood and, and, uh, he raised a good family. He broke, he, you know, he broke the cycles. He did all the things and, and he, he should go down as, as just, just, just like, he's just, he was just a man and, and my hero. And, um, more of a hero to me than I, than I think I realized when he was still alive. So, but I'm, I'm not going to carry guilt. He wouldn't want me to, but, um, and, and people loved him. Any, anybody that's listening to this, that knows that knew him is probably crying right now because he just, he was, he was just a good man. So anyway, he dies 
And uh, I go numb. I go, I stay in Wisconsin for about a month, take care of my, to help be with my family and help my mom and do all the things. And, and, uh, you know, at that time, my ex-wife called me up and, and said, you know, we, you know, we, before he passed away, obviously she wanted to be there for me. We had gone through her mother's death together and, um, and I appreciated that, but we decided that you didn't want to complicate it with our relationship. We decided the, to separate very quickly after my dad died. It was just like, look, I, it was finally on me. I think she was waiting for me to like, she wasn't waiting. Like it was going to get better. She just, she just, I think she needed me to tell her. Um, and I did. And I finally had the balls to be like, yeah, this isn't working. So, um, to her credit, she moved out of the house we rented a house down the road. She moved in and, 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 um, and, uh, just did a lot of things that made my life easier when I got home, which I, which I will never, um, be able to repay to her. Um, but I, but I appreciate. So like, and then like all of it just went away. The politics, all these things, are these stupid things I was carrying on my shoulder, um, I was able to walk away from my marriage and focus on my life, my midlife crisis. I mean, obviously, I was still in a crisis. I was definitely in a crisis. There was a bunch of drama going on. And I came home <clears throat> to this empty house alone and just didn't know what to do, except for I called my therapist up and I said, look, we, we need to work on on this stuff. And I'm going to start, I started reading books by Mark Manson I started with Models, which is his dating book, which is a book about being vulnerable and, and being yourself and, and showing women who you are and dating through vulnerability, not in a weird, quirky way, but just being yourself, um, which when I'm, which I'm pretty good at. I can be myself and I am pretty good about being open. Um, and I appreciate that. So I read the rest of his books. I said, oh, I'm not giving a fuck. Um, and a book about hope and, and then just kept going down the road with Daniel Goldman and emotional awareness. Anything to get my hands on. I read, I think I read 20 something books in that first year <clears throat> and I was dating. Yeah. It was like a little bit of a roller coaster. I was up and down, but I, I just, I wasn't angry. Um, I was sad. Um, and I was lost because I didn't really know, where my life was going. All I knew is that I needed to make a decision of what I wanted the second half of my life to look like. And with that came decisions about children and whether or not I wanted to date women that wanted children or had children and whether I really wanted children anymore in my life at this age. And, you know, people, you know, people are always like, well, you can have children until you're 70. I mean, I understand that Robert De Niro just had a kid, but I, as a man, as a man, it's like when you're in your 40s and you're trying to find, you're eventually getting to this place where you want to find a partner, you probably should know, right? You should have that decision because the second half of your life looks very different if you still think you're going to have kids or not. And I will always sort of feel, there'll always be a hole in my life not having children because um, I always wanted children, but I know it's the right decision for me for a lot of reasons not to have kids. So that was a loss. So I lost that. I lost my wife. I lost my father. And then I started to look at my relationships, not my romantic relationships, but I started to look at some of my friendships and realized that some of my friendships were 
weren't working the way they should and and sort of step back from some of those intentionally to give myself space to figure out who I was. So long story short, I've spent the last two years very in very much in solitude here in my Sasquatch cave, but not alone. I go to meetup groups. I leaned into my career. I started this podcast, which started as a book. I started journaling. I started meditating, which has been a big game changer in my life. I started to go on dates with myself and meet new people and go watch football games alone and meet new people. And, and I dated and very disciplined in my dating to make sure that I ended up on dates with, um, with good people. And so far, last two years, my dating experience has been pretty, pretty positive. There's been some frustrations and it's been an endless cycle of first and second dates, but I, but I generally enjoy meeting these people and it's been, it's been good in that regard. So I'm pretty proud of myself. I even had a little relationship for four months that was, which was the right thing at the right time. And it was fun and, and, um, satisfying and, it was everything it needed to be at that time. Ironically, if we're lucky, I think that, I think that the girl that I went on the my first date with after my divorce, she was such a sweetheart. She was super nice to me. I was manic. I didn't. I was just like, "There's just a lot going on. My dad just died. All this stuff." And she was such a sweetheart. We had a good time. I kept telling her I'm manic, and she was just like, "Don't you know? Don't worry about it. You know, you're clearly not ready for a relationship." And she was just sweet and. uh she reached out to me. We, we became Instagram friends and sort of stayed in contact and she's the same age as me and sort of rolling solo and got, you know, sort of in a similar place as a female. She got her own stuff and her own jams going on. She doesn't live here anymore, but she's in town for a couple of weeks, a few weeks. So I'm, she expressed an interest to come on. So I'm hoping that she'll come on and, and we'll, we'll do an only loan podcast where she'll, she'll share her story, which will, which will be awesome. Fast forward to now, and I am, what is going on in my life? I am ready for a relationship. I'm not pushing it, but I can confidently say that I am ready for a relationship and ready to, to, to not be avoidant and to let the right person in when I meet her. I'm trying to date reasonably intentionally. I still date a lot, but, I, but I'm sort of filtering even more so now for that person. And when I filter, I don't filter for like arbitrary things. Like I hope that they ski and do things like that. I, I look for, I look for people that I think can have the capacity to build foundation and obviously people that I'm attracted to. I've been dating a little bit more closer to my age. Um, for a while there I was dating a bit younger and, uh, that's been working better for me just because there's more common ground. Um, us eighties kids are, uh, Got a band together, and the podcast is starting to to take off. Um, struggling with the socials because I'm not twenty something, but I but I'm successfully making videos for TikTok, and I'm trying to push this out there. So if you've gotten to this far in this episode, please, please, please follow me on my socials. Share this with your friends. Review it. I need the next big step in this journey for me in the podcast thing is engagement because. I want to hear the stories and I want the questions and I want to address the questions and 
I want to sort of get more direction on where I'm going. I do know it's been told to me a lot that people are really enjoying this. People that are rolling solo or just find that this is very satisfying for them because I think there's not somebody that's really just direct or like directly talking about it in a very vulnerable, humble way with real people. I want to kind of keep it that way with real people. Let's talk a little less about me now and more about us in America and society and where a little bit where we're at right now in terms of our social metabolism, as Derek Thompson puts in a recent article that my mom sent me, which I thought was really good and sort of helps sort of give some data and a little bit of context of where America's at, at least, which I also think is somewhat reminiscent of the developing world in general. The article is in The Atlantic. There's a recent article called Why Americans Suddenly Stopped Hanging Out. And it talks about some of the reasons why over the last 30 to 40 years, we've had massive declines in our social metabolism and the social fabric of this, of our society versus the seventies and eighties when Americans seemed fairly adept at forming social groups. Any of us that grew up in the eighties or seventies or eighties kind of understand this, that our parents and ourselves were very social via political associations, labor unions, you know, the Lions Club, the Veterans Club, local memberships, church, school groups, just the playground and just parties. And, you know, this is all pre-smartphones, of course. And since the 1970s, particularly the 1990s, this has been changing. And there's an author named Robert Putman who is, you can find him on YouTube. He, he wrote a book called Bowling Alone. And he talks about this sort of decline in the social metabolism of America. Basically, there's no book clubs or bowling leagues any longer, which I think all, which is he defines as an antisocial revolution in this country, which is true, right? It's harder to be social. And we all with the way that we choose our people is so so refined and detailed these days that nobody can fit into our box where we would possibly embrace them as um, friends or anybody that we want to socialize with. So things have really changed and it's become more and more difficult to find community. So hopefully this podcast, again, it's digital community, except for the podcast Happy Hour here in Denver. Um, You'll find some community here, but we're going to empower you to go out and find community. So here's some statistics from the anti-social revolution. From 2003 to 2022, American men have reduced their average hours of face-to-face socializing by about 30%. That's pretty significant. That's more than 10% a decade. And that's a lot, if you think about it. It doesn't sound like a big number, but it is. That number is around 40% for unmarried Americans, like myself. And for teenagers, which is even which is scary and sad, at the same time, it's more like 50%, 45 to 50%. Basically, teenagers are hanging out with 
going to social hangouts less than three hours a week, which is crazy to me because I think the minimum was three hours a day when I was younger, when I was in, when I was a teenager, we was just, we were always hanging out with each other and you know, it's so what, right? I guess what people would ask, well, people are anxious, they're alone and they're paranoid and, and they're, they're, uh, going to their digital, to their phones for community. They're finding people that the algorithm is steering them where they're getting steered and they're, they're, they're false communities and they're false social circles. And they're watching influencers and actors do the very things that we should be doing, watching people do social activities on their fucking phones when they should be out doing social things themselves. And it's leading to increases in suicide. It's leading to um, massive amounts of depression and pill popping and hatred and anger and Karens and, you know, all these things that we, that we see and hopelessness, hopelessness, this huge increase in this and the feeling of hopelessness where our predecessors lived and breathed off hope. We built this country off hope and understanding and community. Look at social media. And it's like not just social media as the ecosystem it is, but look at the shit that we see on there. The people that feel entitled to scream at customer service, people that feel entitled to fucking vomit their fucking political opinions on everybody else, to get, I mean, I think that half the therapists in the world are just dealing with people's anxiety around the the world ending, which it's not, by the way. We've gotten all worked up. We've gotten super anxious because we don't know what anybody's thinking. We're paranoid. We're scared. We're passive. Or we're aggressive. And we don't know how to talk to our neighbors. We don't know how to make friends and we're alone. And I am not going to be the one that sits here and tells you that leaning into solitude and living alone and being alone is such a negative thing, but it takes work and awareness and understanding and it takes social life. You have to have a social component of your loneliness, of your solitude. We can't find community in our screens and let that be the only community that we have. I don't even care if you're talking to everybody on FaceTime. It's not the same. 80% of our communication comes through body language, which is why I always prefer to do a live podcast instead of a virtual one, which I haven't done yet. And I won't go into any more of the results, but I'll name a few data points here that I think are are uh, kind of sad and, and some are fun. Um, so real-world socializing has declined for both men and women across all ethnicities, all edu- age groups, all educational, all everything. It's just declined. Women in 20-somethings enjoy the most social time. It's still not a lot. And wait for it. Low-income, middle-aged, unmarried men are enjoying the least. And if you think about the that 
group of individuals, unmarried men, low-income men, make up a very significant part of the fringes of our political parties, both of them. It's sad. It's a problem. I'm not here to tell you that there's that I have the solution, but that is a data point. And along with that came a 30 to 40% decline in our community social forums, including volunteer work, community gatherings. And these, this is like a snowball rolling downhill, right? You're watching it decade to decade. It's not getting better. And when we go too many generations where we don't understand how to build community, who's going to pass down the skills because it it is a skill. It's not, it's a, it's a, to build community takes uh, courage, vulnerability, um, awareness and understanding and acceptance. And these are, these are things that aren't genetic. They're learned behaviors. There's just, and they're not just learned from our parents. I mean, they're an important part of that learning process, but they're learned by our community. Our community helps raise us. Our community helps teach us. Our community helps accept us. So if we go too far down this road and people don't understand how to build community and it's foreign to them, we might not get it back. It will be something that we read in books. It'll be something that we aspire to, but we can't get enough people to create cohesion around it. And that I don't know what that world looks like, but I, I don't really want to. And I'm probably old enough where I don't have to see that world, but the younger generation is certainly going to see it. And I'm afraid that they're going to find community via more of the digital realm, if not this metaverse that's coming. And I, I hate to sound sci-fi, but I mean, we are now seeing videos of people walk out of their cars with fucking virtual reality glasses on. Okay. So I'm a sci-fi geek. So I'm sorry that I went off on that tangent. And I'm not here to tell you that solving this problem is necessarily all going to be done by handing out. I, we have changed. We do get a lot of content and stuff from our phones. We are engaged with our cell phones and digital content, and it is a part of our lives. And it's not necessarily a bad thing if you have awareness around it, but part of it can be solved by handing out, and the other part of it can be solved or solved, maybe is not the right word, but dealt with by dealing with our mental health and particularly awareness because awareness and good relationships with ourselves build confidence and understanding and the ability to communicate and the ability to be vulnerable, which are all foundational things to build community. And that's what I'm trying to do on this podcast is while I'm working on it myself in real time, sharing my experiences, the experiences of my guests and the stories and the empowerment and all of the things that we're doing alone and how to go out there alone and build relationships, for example, in your 40s, in your 30s, in your 60s, and how to let go of the fucks that don't need to be given and and start to teach, learn, experience, challenge, and share 
all those things under this forum in a very vulnerable, fun, open way. And start to talk about what embrace solitude, first of all, and then start to talk about what does society look like in the future? What do we want it to look like? We know that being alone is going to be more and more of a common human experience. So how do we accept that and then weave in a modern, healthy social metabolism into that experience? And how do we break free of some of the more toxic digital forums, platforms? How do we break free of the toxicity that's within our political institutions? You know, like we're just we're just going to bring up these different issues and we're going to talk through them openly. And that's that's going to be fun. Sometimes it won't be. And that's kind of part of what I want to do here with the Only Loan podcast. And it's always not it's not we're not trying to solve the world's problems. We're just a little community talking about the things we're doing. And uh, by talking about the little things that we're doing and sharing how we how we're making friends and meeting new people and embracing new relationships and finding love and embracing love and nurturing love and dealing with our mental health and you know all these little micro stories and experiences, you know our little community is going to grow and um, we're going to be better people for it. I hope. And I'm going to be real. I'm going to be poppy. And uh, and uh, you're going to get to see my personality for what it is. I'm I'm no saint. And I make mistakes. And I can be... Yeah, man. I'm just, I'm just poppy. So join me. So with that, I think I'm going to conclude. Make this a shorter one. And I hope you... I've got some good episodes coming up. I've got the... My next episode, if not two, I've got the host of the Single Dads podcast coming up from Texas to join me for a couple of days. We're going to hang out. We're going to record a couple of episodes, and that'll be fun. i crossing my fingers that uh, my date number one after my divorce comes on the show and talks about her, her, rolling, her stories of rolling solo these days, and that'll be a fun one, and then we'll... We'll get somebody on the Love Life Lounge here yet this month, um, hopefully a dude, because we've had two girls now, and we'll share some war stories. And um, we're going to give we're gonna do a male's perspective of the dating scene and, and talk about some things and, uh, yeah, be dudes for a second here and, uh, and um, share some stories. And then we're just going to keep it going. So I appreciate you all. Again, I, I, uh, I need... I'm, I'm welcome engagement. I want it. I want to hear your stories. I want to hear your questions that I can address on the show. So please follow me on Instagram at owning alone, DM me or shoot me an email at Joel at owning alone podcast.com. Or you can find me on TikTok now. Um, I think my handle is at Joel Popper, P O P P E R T. So, uh, appreciate you. Love you, and uh, five stars, please, and Sasquatch is out.